XRY Portland and KQAC HD3 Portland at 107.1 and 91.1 FM, streaming online everywhere at xray.fm. You're listening to Casual Sex. I'm Carrie Cohen. And I'm Leslie Harper. Sex is an essential and enlightening part of our lives. Mm-hmm. Go- mm-hmm. <laughs> enlightening. I'm the enlightened. Go- the goal of our show is to explore ideas, the ways we limit ourselves, and the ways in which we can expand our understanding of sex, love, and relationships. So you can join our discussion tonight by texting us at 971-220-5979 or you can call us at 503-233-9729 and um, I will say those numbers again numerous times. So here we are, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? So we... Um, we were thinking we would uh, so first of all we wanted to acknowledge that it's National Coming Out Day mm-hmm. and um, you know I'm just like flat out heterosexual so I have nothing to say there but you have things to say well I mean I, I mean I do have things to say I love so many gay people and so many queer people and I that's that's not true that I have nothing to say but that's, I yeah it's really not true in huge it's not even about supporting I just it's like what an what, ally. What, what else would we do yeah um, yeah, I was thinking about it today because I, you know, every year um, I read these stories and um, these lovely words about coming out. And I always think I don't really feel like I have a coming out story because I feel like I never really came out. I just feel like I was never in. Like, it was just always this understanding from a really young age that I was attracted to who I was attracted to. And that could be boys or girls. At the time, I didn't know that there was something beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um and so I feel like my coming out story when I was thinking about it today was really when I had the understanding that I could <clears throat> that I could 
I didn't have to define myself in one of these very limited ways. Mm -hmm. So remember, I mean, we've talked about this before on the show, but like when I was younger, um, I didn't like to label myself, not because I had any kind of shame or like wanted to distance myself or anything. It was just because it just felt really disingenuous Mm -hmm. to say bisexual. It didn't seem to fully capture what my sexual identity was. And so I, and so, but I did because there was this sort of pressure, I feel like in my circle. And then there was all these women that I spent time with who identified as lesbians who were very, um, sort of militantly affected by my bisexuality. Mm. You know, like very, you you know, this that, that's not real and, you know, it does us a disservice and you need to come out and all of a sudden I'd be like, what? You know, I'd always say things like, I don't need to come out. I've never been in. Like I've mm-hmm. always been op- open and honest about who, to whom I am attracted, right? And so um, I think my, my coming out story was really about when I realized that I didn't have to put any label on things, if I did, that I didn't have to please anyone with that, first of all. And second of all, when I realized that there's more than, than, than heterosexual, homosexual, or bisexual. That's right. You know, and, and when I first heard that term pansexual, which again, people have heard me say that because if, if you need to know what, what label actually really um, fits me mm-hmm. to, to the most, to the most extent that you know one can I guess that that would be it and and the reason I don't like it of course everyone uh, you've heard me say a million times is because it sounds like a renaissance for our sexuality like it sounds pan, like you want to like someone like a pan with a flute hopping with around with the flute and yeah the... <clears throat> and you know it just it it leaves I just don't like the way it sounds and I just don't like labels period I guess and so for whatever and also like I feel like <clears throat> you know if I said many times like I feel like it discriminates against pots Yes. And what about the pots? Spatulas. You have a problem with pots and spatulas? Yeah. You, you have know, a problem with rice the, cookers? Why only pans? <laughs> yeah. I why, think... Why do you, what, what about grillers? <laughs> what about barbecue? What's I wrong mean, with them? Come on. Well, it's not fair. Yes. It's, we, um, it's you know, and, it, and it's, what, it, it's the same problem that goes into all the freaking <laughs> labels, which is that it's not... nothing. There is no one thing that I think captures everyone because it's a spectrum. But you know what I am? What? I'm a sapiosexual. Just kidding. That's so gross. It's like the grossest word ever. Sapiosexual. There's so many gross words that I we know. use to define. And and it could be that they feel even grosser because we just don't like this limited way. Well, why do we have to call it anything? people are defined. It's because why do we have to call it anything? Um, well, yeah. I, I think so. Pansexual basically means, you know, th- yeah. that your attraction isn't limited to. You're attracted to a one person. Gen- one of two genders. Right. You're attracted to a person and the genitals, who, that's a, a sidebar. You know, trans. Yeah. Um, non-binary. Right. You know, whatever. It's not about the genitals is the point. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that that my coming out story is really about like in the past decade discovering that there isn't just you know hetero, mm-hmm. um, gay, or homosexual. Whatever. Whereas I'm all or, about the D. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes I am too. But again, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Again, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm being so gross tonight. Yeah. I just all I I don't mean anything I'm saying tonight. I feel like I feel I don't like mean anything. I'm just in a mood. Don't even listen to her. Don't even listen to me. No, do. I'm saying all kinds of disgusting things. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, anyway, that's my that would be my coming out story today. Yes. Yes. Well, that's good. Thank you. Yeah. So you you know what? There's something. One of the many things you could text us. So uh, mm-hmm. to remind everybody, this is a an advice show mm-hmm. about sex and relationships. 
Uh, and so obviously anything goes in terms of your texting us. Um, but but if you you know need some sort of prompt, and clearly you do because you haven't texted us yet, um, <laughs> you you can give us your coming out story or your anti coming out story, kind of like Leslie had, where there's it's almost like an anti coming out story. Nine seven one two two zero five nine seven nine. Text us nine seven one two two zero five nine seven nine. And um and you know when you text us, then we talk about your t- text. It's kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get your to, text prompts us to even yes. go further with the discussion. So it's yeah. symbiotic. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good thing to do. Exactly. So that okay. So the yeah. So National Coming Out Day very important. Also National Handbag Day. Which okay. Oh, I know. And, and Mental Health Awareness Day was not yesterday. Oh no, that was yesterday. You're right. You're right. I'm I'm a day off. You're right. <laughs> no, forget forget ham, handbags. That's the, they're over. It's over. That was so last year. That was it was yes last. That was so day. last season. It was last day. Well, um, and, and and these and these crazy time. Yeah, <laughs> with these crazy kids. <laughs> exactly. It is day to day. It really a is. I can't just, keep a up. Season is one day in the iPhone world. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep up. So mm. um. So, but also we wanted to talk about, so something crazy happened mm. uh, in our uh, in our sort of community or like the writing community. So, so we're both writers as well wow. as all the other, as the other things we do. Yes. And so, and, and some, uh, and this thing happened where, so as we're all reeling from the Kavanaugh thing, mm-hmm. right? We're all reeling. We're all very unhappy. Um, one of my favorite stories actually related to all of this, which actually came before the Kavanaugh thing, was I have this client who is struggling actually around uh, uh, this question around her sexuality of wonder, of, of feeling like she might be, um, she knows, she feels that she's bisexual, but she's wondering if she's maybe just gay. And she said, one of the reasons I think I might be gay is because I just I really hate men right now I just think they're awful and I was like oh no that doesn't mean anything I'm fully heterosexual and I hate men that's not that's like fully yeah, normal a lot you know? of heterosexual I like, like that the like um, the woman has nothing to do with anything on Facebook on your thread who was like when you were like I feel my love and sex addiction yeah. slipping away and she was like I, I feel my heterosexuality yeah, yeah slipping yeah. away yeah yeah that's just a thing that's that's totally um separate from your sexuality yeah and so before mm. we walk into this next subject we do have a text um uh, which I, I believe is related to the coming out thing. Uh, I'm a female heterosexual. I've experimented with girls when I was younger and wasn't into it. However, I'm super into lesbian porn, and I even prefer lesbian fantasies when I'm trying to get off. What's up with that? <gasps> Welcome to the club. Welcome. So this is a club, the that, club. This is a club this that Carrie won't, won't. I run this club. Shame you around. No, Carrie I run this club. This I am Carrie's like club. the. I am the. I am the leader. I am the. I am the one who created this club. Carrie I is think. a proud. Uh, I'm a proud who only watches only watches porn. women on on, on porn, <laughs> and 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 same thing like fantasies. I same with fantasies. I don't want men in my fantasies. Men are scary. That's why, right? Because <laughs> men are here. scary. Get out of here, you. Yeah, men are scary. They're scary. They're predators. They're big. They have those gross, you know, penis things. They're like, <laughs> they're they're you know, and I'm, I'm and then in person, of course, that that's ultimately who I find my all my chemistry with, and who I find myself attracted to, and who I want to have sex with. But when it comes to just sort of, I mean, vo- really like porn, and is largely just voyeurism. So, mm-hmm. but I only really want to watch women do stuff. Because mm-hmm. women are lovely, and I, you know, and but really, it's about the fact that men are unsafe. Yeah, it certainly could be, and it also could be just that too that there's the thing of, 
you know, as Carrie has talked about a number of times and, and I have as well on this show, is that our fantasies are not and always indicative and often not indicative at all of, at all of what we're doing in reality. Right. They're very separate. They come from a different part of our brain. Completely. And so um, there, there could be, you know, could just be that. Yeah. And, you know, my um, uh, first has- husband slash partner slash, you know, one of my favorite people slash father of my children, he always says that um, that he pretty much always thinks about other things when he's having sex. You know, he's never actually thinking about the sex in front of him and the woman in front of him, which I think is fascinating. That's fascinating. And he said that he... You're like, oh, good. Well, I mean, I don't care. That's the thing. Is I never... I didn't, well, <laughs> did he we tell don't, you we that don't when, sex you were, now. when you were married? Uh, n- or yes. did he tell you that later? No, he did tell me that at some point while we were so married. So while you were having a sexual relationship, he was like, I'm not ever thinking of you while we're having sex. Well, he didn't say it that. that way, but <laughs> he was like, you know, I, I think at some point, yes, that conversation came up and... Um, and I was kind of like, oh, like I did, you know, at the time, I, I don't care now because we don't have sex, but like at the time I was sort of like, oh, that is a little disconcerting. Like well, I do want to be wanted. Well, it seems like an intimacy thing for I think sure. it is an intimacy thing, but yeah. he, but that's where he's at and that's where he's stayed apparently. And he doesn't want, um, he, he doesn't like the idea that, that somebody would be, um, he, he wants to be able to be sort of out with that and not have it be a, a, an issue. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, I think that's interesting. Yeah, you know, it's just something. I don't know. It's not. It's not for me. I'm like in the moment. I'm in it. Right. I'm in it with w- with the person I'm with, and I'm like, I'm I'm thinking about everything that is happening in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I'm not thinking much. Yeah, I I'm know. Think, I'm thinking with my little girl. Oh, gross! I told you, I'm saying so many gross things today. That is okay. First of all, <laughs> the look on the look on Emily's face. That, that is so <laughs> offensive. <laughs> And and to people, especially if you don't I know, was kidding. Especially if you don't know the story, which is that in the South, where I was being raised in my very young years, yeah, that is what that's what you had to call it. My family members, my grandmothers, and other people called a vagina. Yeah. They called it their little girl, my little girl. So. It's so disturbing. That's kind of why I use um, that phrase. Well, I know it is, and and <laughs> but it, without the context, it's just insanely offensive. <laughs> I mean, it's offensive anyway, but you know, because wowzy. Let's um, let's look at this one other text before we go okay. to break. Uh, we're a little late for break, but that's okay. Let's just yeah, because I think it's I think it's related to what we've been talking about. The text says, "Does that cross over into the straight guys who are into butt stuff category? Because I fantasize about all kinds of stuff that I would never actually do, especially with the butt stuff." Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. And also, oh my god, the endless thing about Is if it the you same like texter? no somebody oh. different. Okay. Um, if you like butt stuff, that doesn't mean that you Are, want, want to be with nothing, men. Like there's it nothing inherently gay about it's that. It's perfectly normal that your butt, for especially for men, because you have a prostate, is yeah. is your is is an erogenous zone. That's yeah. completely normal. There's actual like so, like like sensation and like yes. really good feelings that come yes. from having the prostate like massaged or yes. whatever. And so for men, you know, anal sex often feels really good. Mm-hmm. So there's, I mean, why would that be? Yeah. Yeah. But, We've but had I, this conversation. but yes, if it's have, something that you don't want to do in real life for whatever, know, the, whatever fine. reason, I'm not going to try to, to figure out what those are because right. I don't know. But if it's something you don't want to do in real life, but you fantasize about, absolutely. It's the same thing. Yes, exactly. Fantasies are, are not necessarily, and often don't come from the same place that your reality does. 
They really don't. I mean, it's it's amazing how much actually they can stay separate, and that's mm-hmm. that's a lovely. It's a okay. Doesn't mean you're repressed. Lovely thing about us having brains. Mm-hmm. So all right, so let's take a break, and uh, and when we come back, don't forget to text us. You can text us even while we're on break at nine seven one two two zero five nine seven nine. We're talking about coming out we're talking about fantasies apparently we're talking about um, coming up we're going to talk about the insane thing that happened in this yes community. that's right we're going to talk about, about that but you don't know what it is yet happened right okay. so, so ooh, foreshadowing and excitement and that thing that 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 they do where they make you come back thank you cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. right see i'm really good at this media stuff mm-hmm, so good okay we'll be right back with casual sex Support for X-Ray FM comes from Cardinal Club, a neighborhood bar and kitchen serving seasonal food and drink from 5 p.m. to midnight Monday through Thursday and 5 p.m. to 2 a.m. on Friday and Saturday. Located between Burnside and Cooch on Northeast 28th, Cardinal Club plays vinyl when they're not streaming X-Ray FM. More information available at cardinalclubportland.com. Every time she smiles And when I come to her That's where I belong Yet I run into her Like a river song She gave me love, 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 love She gave me love, 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 love She got a fine sense of humor when I'm feeling low down I hate to even cut into that song we were enjoying it that's a really nice song it is but you're back with casual sex so tough um and <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're stuck with us mm-hmm. so um so we uh thus far in the show have been talking about what well, we talked about how it was national coming out day today mm-hmm. and so Leslie shared her story and then um, we had a couple interesting texts that kind of brought us into the world of fantasies and what do fantasies have to do with real life, which is interesting because we talked about that last week too and mm-hmm. it sounds like it's still like a pretty live topic. Um, and you can text us at 971-220-5979. Again, you can text us about anything related to sex and mm-hmm. relationships because that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Questions, comments, you know, whatever you want. Stories. Nine seven one two two zero five nine seven nine. So, um, so yeah. So we were talking about uh, fan, uh, the fantasy stuff, but but yes, let's talk. Let's. We promised everybody that we would tell the shocking story mm-hmm. that happened in our uh, writing community, our mm-hmm. writing world, which is that uh, today it came out that so there's this guy, uh, white male writer who has, who's, you know, a comp- I think is a complicated guy and he has a lot of power. He's had a lot of power in the writing world. Mm-hmm. He started uh, The Rumpus, it's which I'm Stephen sure Elliott heard of. His yeah. name is Stephen Elliott. He started The Rumpus. He has some books. Um, anyway, he, he certainly has has some, some power and acclaim. 
But uh, but he was put on. There's this thing called the, and I can't use the actual word. The but crappy, but the, the other word. The crappy, but the other word. Uh, men in media. List. Men in media <laughs> list, mm-hmm. which which was created, and it's important to say this. It was created because by a woman who was saying, I just who, who, her idea was we just like need to know, like women just need to know. So it was a very private thing that was the idea was that only women would see it, so that they would know who to watch out for. And it, and I think it's also really important to say that it was created after a lot uh, after well for yes you know, you know since the beginning Stuff of time been but coming out. since the beginning of time mm-hmm. but but it, within this community of people yeah um, many of them had reported or attempted to report or gone to you know um, other people in their community or gone to you know so during their working lives had experienced um, sexual harassment or sexual assault yeah um, and had not been, you know, believed, heard, taken seriously, whatever. The same stuff that we're seeing everywhere. The same thing, you know, uh, um, just it's always been going on. It's always been happening. And so these women did this sort of underground thing saying, you know, we'll look out for each other. Yeah. Um, We'll talk about what's happened. So we know who to avoid in this world and how to navigate, um, you know, all of these men. Like I'm thinking about that SNL thing, you know. Yeah. I think when they're talking about yeah. all the boners welcome and when they have to, to navigate all the boners. And yeah. Yeah. Welcome like to things hell. Things that are ruined for yeah. us. Walking. <laughs> yeah. In you know. vans. Nighttime. Nothing good it, happens yeah. in a van. Yeah. Parking garages. So, yeah. yeah. And so, um, but the thing, but the, and the, right. the thing is, is that these were all men who had used sex in some way uh, used their platform as power. In some way. To and used used women around sex to 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 assert their power and to and to try to try to get basically try to use sex uh, related to power in their professional lives. Yes, right. and so anyway, so this dude he uh, uh, he was one of the people on the someone crap, got a hold of the list the incidentally, and it was a man who got a hold of the list and and yeah, and it, he claims that published it, was, it. Yes, and he claims that all these things happened to his career because of it, and then um, and then um, and so. Uh, today what came out is that he's suing he's suing mm-hmm. this woman for the list I just and, I was like your timing wants, could not be worse and he also Steve wants Elliott. all of the other people who contributed to the list he wants them to be outed and yeah. their names and addresses yeah. so that he can yeah. sue them also yes yeah it's, it's I mean mm. I was just kind of astounded it is astounding I was astounded. I I've never had a I don't have I've never had a personal relationship with this guy but of course I've known of him and I know people who know him and I was shocked first of all the timing like mm-hmm. really is now the time to uh to sue your accuser around sexual assault <laughs> i just i just it just seems so so insane to me well, he's, not even, he's not even suing his accuser he's, he's suing the person who started the list but he that's only because he doesn't know who his accuser is because it was right. anonymous which he makes a big deal about like how dare she but he, i mean that's part, should of, come forward. that's part of the problem though is it's not even like this libel or anything i mean like and, and in truth like it's also important to note that that the woman who started has said i did not intend for it right. to become this she thing that was published for everyone and and she yeah weapon Weaponized. And and she wasn't the one who the one who the person who published it was there was a man and I can't remember who it was right now but I know it was a man it was some guy who mm-hmm. has a website or a podcast or something who was the one who first published it right 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 and then right. people had access to it for a while now it is not it's almost it's impossible you can't find, you it. Can't find it so I think but if you do find it yeah, <laughs> no I've seen it before and I know I some of the people on it yeah, and I will too. say that I don't know I didn't read about anyone on there whom I didn't think had done the things that they were accused of on there yeah um 
and it so, kind of you know and that and that's it, it's just the insanity is this suing thing. he wrote a whole essay about how you know how hard it was for him and, and how is, his life you know got affected because here's the thing you know talking about so even if this is what i was saying to my partner earlier even if two percent Let's mm-hmm. just let's just go with the statistic because the statistic that people don't seem to argue about, p- most people tend to agree on, is that it is it's probably somewhere around two percent mm-hmm. of reported incidents of sexual abuse, sexual assault, um, rape, etc., are false. Ninety-eight percent right. are true. Yeah. Okay. So even if we use that statistic and two percent of the accusations on that list were false mm-hmm. and ninety-eight percent were true, why in the hell mm-hmm. would you? Sue the ninety eight percent of those people who were sexually assaulted yeah, exactly. for creating a list to keep each other safe in a climate in a world where they are never kept safe exactly. and no one looks out and no one believes and they're all revictimized if they come forward and they're all slut shamed and they're all put on trial every time they try to report. It's just so crazy because he is claiming that his career was ruined. Ruined. It's like, well, now your career is yeah, ruined. Yeah, I'll tell you when your career was ruined. It was ruined the day your the it Open came out that mouth. you're suing people. Yeah, like that's the day it got ruined. So anyway, uh, we just wanted to share that story because we were so outraged. It just happened today, and we're just still like, you know. Yeah. Well, like, I want to say one more thing about it though, because okay. this is my main point too. Is this, um, when you know there was this kind of like almost devil's advocacy kind of thing happening where. With, you know, my partner says something about, I can't remember, it was something like, you know, well, I don't know, something about like, well, you know, if this in fact, if this was, if this person was really falsely accused and all these things happen, like, is, isn't this an important, you know, story? Someday. And the truth is, is that, the truth <laughs> is, is that 98% of people who report have been sexually assaulted and guess what? They didn't, this person's like acting like, oh, this thing happened to me and it really affected me and like I should be in the foreground and this should be my platform now because this thing happened to me. And are you kidding me? Because really you above all of the women exactly. who things happen to all exactly. the time against their will and they who don't have the platform. Exactly. Like you get to take that platform from them Yeah. Exactly. as a person who was wronged. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, it's, it's so it's unbelievable. I'm so I'm I'm ashamed for him. I am too. I'm deeply ashamed for him. I'm our whole writing community feels ashamed. I mean, when I say our writing community, I mean the writing community feels ashamed that this is happening. I mean, mm-hmm. you see almost nobody supporting. Most people are just like just what like are men's you rights doing? activists people like MRA, MRA people. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The, the same people who are like it's a really women. scary time for men. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a scary time for Stephen. It's not Elliott. a scary time for you if you don't sexually assault people. That's right. It's all it kind of takes. Kind of all it takes. <sighs> pretty much yeah. all it takes. Lordy, lordy, look who's forty. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we're going to, uh, so, all right. So uh, don't forget, you can text us about anything about sex and relationships. You don't have to talk about the stuff we're talking about right now Mm-mm. if you don't want to or uh, if you, uh, or maybe you do, but you can text us at 971-220-5979. So we, uh, we uh, got an email mm-hmm. over the week. Should we read the email? Sure. Let's do that. So you can, by the way, email us as well at advice at xray.fm um, about anything related to sex and relationships and then and then we read it on the air on Thursday nights while we have our show and and give you our mm-hmm. conversation about it. Right. So, okay, here it is. Hi, Casual Sex. I'm a 33-year-old homosexual male. My first sexual experience was with an older man while I was in high school. He was in his 40s. Yikes. 
Mm-hmm. We remained a monogamous couple for a year, and I haven't had anything beyond a fling since. I hook up pretty much every weekend through Grinder, and even though my objective is to meet someone to start a relationship, it just isn't happening for some reason. A lot of the guys I meet seem like great boyfriend material, and they usually express interest in me too. We'll hook up for a night or two, then it's suddenly hard to get together again. I'm grateful that at least I'm not totally alone, but I'm looking for something more. Advice, sincerely, looking for long-term love. Yeah. I've yeah. heard this though about I've heard this from other gay men about yeah. why can't I find someone to date and then they're using Grindr yeah um, yeah yeah I was as their I, primary me too. sort of like hookup you know mm-hmm. um, which Grindr is pretty much for um, yeah and so I think you know that may be part of it is that um, it, it's a it's definitely like a climate the whole th- or, or, or uh, an app that's that most people use to simply hook up and not Mm-hmm. And and avoid the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, if that's your primary um, resource for meeting people, you're probably meeting a lot of people whose primary goal is to hook up and nothing else. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so there's the things that are um, outside of you that uh, are about other people. So, for instance, that like like the people you're meeting and that what's going on with these people I'm meeting, and. And then there's the question of of what's happening um, internally for you. So I have no information. I have no assumptions about about this emailer. I don't say I'm not going to say that this is even about him. But it just seems like an an opportunity to talk about how we attract um, what we're available to. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, again, I'm not not focusing on this emailer in particular but I but this this uh, you know comes uh, around all the time in terms of my work working with people around sex and relationships is that we tend to you know like does attract like we tend to and and so a lot of so there's all kinds of things that could be happening um, for people in terms of how they feel usually it's about how they feel about themselves meaning what they what they actually feel about themselves inside like do you feel lovable? Do you feel um, like you're good enough? Do you feel desirable? And most people, and this is not this wasn't your fault, of course, in no way. Even if you had a great childhood, it's impossible to live in this culture and not feel like you're good enough. I mean, mm-hmm. not feel like you're not good enough. There's just no way, mm-hmm. because this um, this culture is all about making sure we all feel crappy about ourselves. Right. So, um, I mean, capitalism, and especially hello. when you're when you're dealing with you know extra prejudice and and exactly you know, um, um, social sort of justice issues of, yes. of being gay yes plus that all those it's just, there's just so many reasons yes no question mm-hmm. and then add to that anything that might have happened to you personally around your uh, family growing up with uh, ways in which you uh, so many people did not get unconditional love or were made to feel good enough and so all of those things we bring to the world in terms of what we attract and don't attract and um and so i it's i and i don't want i don't like this notion that we're supposed to think about it like well you have to love yourself first mm-hmm. it's not really that that of course yes that's one way to look at it but it's more like it's more like awareness yeah. around what it is that's true about how you feel about yeah. yourself and what you actually want and what you're attracting mm-hmm. because i fully believe that if you want a long-term relationship you can absolutely have it mm-hmm. the question is what how are you getting in the way of yourself around that you know 
I mean, I can certainly speak to this mm-hmm. in my own personal life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, my my personal life, of course, is complicated around um, what I'm available to. Period. But but certainly, I have um, I have claimed uh, that I want something, but then look at what I'm choosing, mm-hmm. or like you know, mm-hmm. look at what how I'm how I'm um, refusing to let go of something that is basically making sure that I'm never going to get the thing that I actually want. Right. So that's what I mean. So to look at yourself in those ways. um, So there's all these possible mm -hmm. internal Mm -hmm. things that could be going on. And then, and then maybe either a manifestation of that or just the other like really kind of obvious thing is patience. Don't no is (laughs) is don't use a site that's primarily designed for hookups. If you're looking for something long term. And She's maybe the more practical and one. The more practical, but but maybe but maybe that's a manifestation too. Like maybe if you want a long term relationship, it, there there's parts of you that are closed off to that or fearful of that. Then you would then say, but I don't know what I'm doing because I'm using I'm seeing people on Grinder every night, every mm-hmm. night, and every weekend, and I'm nothing. It's like, well, okay, maybe maybe you're choosing Grinder for a reason, right? When there are other ways to meet people who might be more open to, um, you know, more than one. Right. Hookup. So meaning, so mean you're saying, look, uh, uh, possibly. Look honestly at yourself and see if if it's really a long term relationship you want. Right. Is that what you're saying? Or if there's something that you are also fearful of around that, or if maybe mm-hmm. you I, know, yeah, exactly. Like I want this, and so I'm doing this one thing. But are, but if you're choosing but a I'm site that's purposely designed, yeah. that's primarily designed for one night hookups or yes. one hour hookups or whatever, if you're using that to find this long term person. Yes. Then is there something to the fact that you want it, but also part of you d- is yes. is pushing it it's away? Not quite, it's not quite available not quite, to yeah. it. Exactly. Right, right, exactly. Right. So uh, we're, uh, we need to take a break, but you should text us about anything we're talking about or anything you want to talk about about sex and relationships at 971-220-5979. We'll be right back after a break. X-Ray FM comes from Taboo Video. With the latest adult video releases, toys, lingerie, and more in an inviting atmosphere, Taboo has been a source for adult entertainment to the Pacific Northwest for over 25 years. More information at TabooVideo.com or at their locations in Portland and Vancouver. back with casual sex um so we were talking about um 
we were talking about like like what what you want what you think you want what you um, how are you how, how are you how are you going about getting what you want yeah how are you possibly putting up barriers exactly to that thing that you want here's a text my spouse and I combine our incomes, but he makes twice as much money as I do. My husband assures me that it's our money, but I'm still very insecure about how valuable I am in this relationship. Anything I can do to change my thinking on this? It's a hard one. Money's hard. Yeah. We did a whole show about finances once because of that. That's right. Exactly. Um, yeah, it is hard. Although, I mean, it really comes down to, I mean, if 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 that's all, you know, if you, I wonder if, first of all, consider when your partner says, it's our money and it's not an issue for me. Do you believe that, first of all? Mm-hmm. Is there something else that's happening where you don't believe that or, or there's maybe other things that are being said or done or actions that make you feel like th- when your spouse is saying that, that's not accurate, first of all? Or is it just coming from an internalized place of, of your conditioning around, I need to be earning as much money? My guess is that it's a internalized experience because I, I think it could be either though because there's lots of ways in which people get, get, get are um, passive aggressive about things like that and then say no 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 it's fine I mean that happens that's a lot that's true that's absolutely true but I'm, I'm just thinking of um, I'm thinking about my own experience with this with um, with both of my ex-husbands so my first ex-husband he was so uncomfortable until we were engaged with the fact that I'm the one who bought the house I'm you mm-hmm. know like he felt like he had no ownership in it until mm-hmm. we were engaged which mm-hmm. was very you know mm-hmm. I don't know it's a little weird and I was I mean and I was like like please it's our house like don't worry mm-hmm. about it like I ha- happened to you know have the, the the privilege of having this money to do so and so I'm gonna buy that's fine you know mm-hmm. um, I want a house and I want you to live with me yeah exactly and I want you <laughs> to be yours house. too right. and so because I want to be with you and so but it wasn't until we were engaged that he felt comfortable in ownership over it uh, fast forward to husband number two mm-hmm. and he uh, long before there was even a question of getting married he was like happy to not just move into my house but say that it wasn't good enough <laughs> remember uh. <laughs> and take full ownership of it in fact destroy it before he moved out and pay for nothing so I mean it's this is my point like it's mm. you know what I mean like who, mm-hmm. like it, it may be more about about uh, her own worries and, and like I think of, again I think about about Michael with that where he felt he, that was his stuff about feeling like he couldn't feel ownership um, and it made him feel bad actually Right. That that I was the one who had bought the house and he was living in it and he felt guilty and bad, you know. Yeah. And so and that was obviously his stuff. That's not something I was putting on him in any way because I didn't have anything around that. Mm-hmm. So, but certainly yes. Well, and this person, I I don't know if this is a if, if this but, uh, I'm gonna say they. Um, I know that there's a husband, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who wrote it? But I do know that um, this person. Um, yes, it could it could be. Um, it could be a number of things but the the bottom line is this in my opinion because I've been in situations where I have not made very much money I'm in a situation now where I'm making more and my partner is a student mm-hmm. um, but you know for the first couple of years we were, to, we were together he certainly brought in the bulk of the money mm-hmm. and so even though it's come up before it's generally a secondary issue for us yeah. do you know what I mean like there's usually a, a, a larger issue that we're not talking about and so the Always. money part 
is in is um and then there's some other complicated things around me and money that well it's the thing money is so is so in it's so um entrenched in our sense of all the words that we use related to money and sen- entrenched in our sense of our worth entrenched in our value right you know? and we're capital we're raised in a capitalist society exactly. so of course there's going to be this feeling that oh if I don't bring enough money this is happening and mm-hmm. I think it really depends so much on you know first of all if you're in a partnership then that is a partnership and as long as you're both bringing something to the partnership mm-hmm. the money is just one piece of that exactly and so ultimately like in a, in a perfect sort of you know situation that would be realized um, and respected on both sides right but that isn't generally how it works out that's right but 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 ultimately I think it is important to remember to this texter and to anyone else that um, there is a, an ebb and a flow sometimes to the finances and even if there isn't even if someone just you know makes more money because they are in a situation to make more money as long as you're both bringing something to the partnership the money while it's it's important because we want to be able to live in our where we live and we want to be able to have things we want to be able to eat food and wear clothing or whatever so it's not like it's unimportant I don't want to pretend like that's the case I think only people with a lot of money would say that mm-hmm. uh, and money is of course important but it's only one piece mm-hmm. of what is important and it's it's one of of many 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 pieces and so um there are many things that that you can bring to the table that aren't money that that will equal that will balance out that that relationship or that responsibility in that relationship right for sure yeah yeah and my guess you know in direct response to this question anything i can do to change my thinking on this you know, my guess is is you already know that. So my guess is that you have stuff around your se- your sense of your worth and your mm-hmm. value around money. And so so the way to change your thinking around that is to do some work around that. Yeah, around start. We'll just start. Maybe start reframing what value means. Mm-hmm. To, what the definition mm-hmm. of value. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know that money isn't the only thing that's valuable. So exactly. maybe start considering or, or even listing you know, the ways in which the things that you bring to the table, the things that you bring into the partnership that are valuable and realize that there are things that are not money that are infinitely more valuable than money, even though money does remain an important piece. Yes, and the, and, and ways that you have tied up in how you feel about yourself that are related to money, or it's just really important to look at and get honest with right. yourself around. And that doesn't mean simply well, then you better do three quarters of the housework Mm -hmm. to earn your keep because that's still thinking in that capitalist financial Mm -hmm. sort of money way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I've got to make at least this much money in hours, you know, of working in the house. I've got to do the cooking and all this stuff. It's a very old sort of like antiquated, you know, 1950s kind of... um, but but I think a lot of people's mind, a lot of people do go to that place because they're still thinking in that capitalist money way. Yes, exactly. If I have to be able to quantify the you know the work that I do in a financial way mm-hmm. in order for this to be equal. But mm-hmm. I'm not just talking about things like who does the housework and who does the, who brings home the money and who does this and that. I'm talking about like what do you bring? Do you like what kind, like empathy and understanding and yeah, the conversation work. and uh, and planning mm-hmm. um, for the things that you all do together and. And just all of the things that go into making a relationship healthy and make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all valuable and they don't have to have anything to do with money. That's right. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. You can text <laughs> You can text us at 971-220-5979 um, about anything about sex and relationships because that's that's how we do. Yep. Um, so um, so uh, we had some other things to 
to bring up. You had said uh, last time we were live that this time we were going to talk about um, uh, something we had gotten about advice for those who carry guilt over past sexual behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other thing we were gonna, going to talk about, and then we were not, I was I was completely swamped last week, so we did a rerun, but we, we still want to, mm-hmm. incidentally, everyone, if you're listening, you can um, write to us about this over the week. We're going to be talking about consent mm-hmm. and what that means in lots of um, different aspects of, of that conversation mm-hmm. next week. Um, I'm hoping to get someone a guest on for that. And, and even if we don't, I just really want to give it what it's due. Yeah. So we will be talking about that next week. Um, but one of the things that we received uh, a couple of weeks ago was someone asking for advice for those who carry guilt over past sexual behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said this could be cheating, sluttiness, fetishes, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, yeah. a, cl- I have a, um, a couple working on this exact thing right now he carries a ton of guilt over his past sexual behavior in terms of feeling like you know he has uh uh was not you know that he took advantage of his position as a man and that um he uh kind of he feels like he messed with a lot of women's hearts and uh and kind of put his sexual behavior first in that and he's and he's really struggling with it mm-hmm. um and uh and it's and it's absolutely affecting his current relationship because um because she's struggling with her own thing mm-hmm. and um and he you know and now he wants to be good he wants to like he wants this to be about intimacy and and kindness and 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 caring and you know he wants the relationship to be a good relationship but he feels like he's he, he's struggling with feeling like he's just bad, like hmm. he he must just be bad, mm-hmm. you know. And so, um, uh, and it's really intense watching him struggle with it. I mean, I think it's an important struggle. Um, and he, um, you know, because I, obviously it's really easy to say, you know, there's no reason to have guilt over, you know, like your sexual behavior is your sexual behavior and there's lots of social constructs about how you're supposed right. to behave and all and this the, sort of and, stuff. And the spectrum and, and that, you know, mm-hmm. if you're interested in doing something mm-hmm. at some point and that changes, it doesn't mean that it was wrong at the time. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between something that you do that is consensual or that doesn't hurt other people well, versus like doing things. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. a different, that's a different thing. This is about making amends or, or right. you know, taking accountability. Right. And, and that's a totally different thing. And I think in that case it is a really important conversation for men to be having right now, since it seems often women are having yes. this conversation on behalf of men or for men or two men yes. that men should be having with each other. Yeah. Is using your privilege and your platform as a man in this mm-hmm. nation, this world, in this nation, I would say at the moment, um, to to talk about yes um, what that looked like yeah and how it affected people yeah and why you know you know how what you've learned about it exactly and, and what you need to do so for example Louis C.K. you know really disappointed me and mm-hmm. millions of other people um, R.I.P. what R.I.P. yeah. Um, for when when he did what he did, mm-hmm. and then I thought, and I heard this really wonderful woman, and I'm so sorry I don't know her name, but talk about this on NPR, where I thought when when he did come back, perhaps because he did speak 
from a from an incredible point of view on mm-hmm. so many things that had to do with women and men mm-hmm. and the dynamic there that you know a lot of people believe maybe when he does come back into the public eye he will use his carved out platform that he still has to talk about to to make amends and talk about that what happened and 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 to talk about Mm -hmm. what he needs to do Mm -hmm. and to talk about what other people need to do and to talk about the the horrible damage that is perpetrated on but instead he gave it a little bit of time and then walked up and and did like a regular old set and was like okay let that's that we're over that we're over that now right kind of attitude right right? and no we're certainly not and it infuriated a lot of people and really you know he he just time after time after time he's been giving these opportunities that most people don't get to to talk about these things after the fact and he just continues to drop the ball and it's very disappointing and and he's dead to me now i'm I'm over him as much as i really Mm. really did not want that to be the case because Mm -hmm. i thought he had so many valuable things to say Mm. um and now i just feel like i just don't care i don't Mm -hmm. i don't want to hear from him anymore Mm -hmm. because he did that not only once but twice he went up and did these sets at the comedy cellar yeah, and yeah. and had nothing to say about what had happened at all. It was it's just really like let's be done now. It's really disappointing. So so again, I guess that's what I'm saying is you you do have a responsibility. Mm-hmm. You don't have to live in shame the rest of your life over mistakes that were made and ways that you um, hurt people. And what I say to people in prison all the time too is, is it's our of course we need to take accountability for the ways we've hurt ourselves and other mm-hmm. people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a way to move forward from that. Exactly. And the and the way to do that is to take accountability, make amends. And and don't shy away right from the importance of of because uh, it's so important. I mean, if more people were talking about that and how they learned that it was wrong mm-hmm. and how it affected them and how they affected other people, mm-hmm. then we wouldn't be in this exact mess. We'd still be in a mess. That's right. And 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 part of this conversation too is about how um, you you aren't you aren't defined by the things you've done in the past like you you get to you get to take responsibility for them and make change and that includes you know i mean that includes what we were just talking about now but also these other things around you know some notion around you know like cheating for instance like there's this there's yeah. this absolute lie in our culture once a once a cheater always a cheater it's not true Mm-mm. Not true at all. Cheating is a very complicated thing that often is related it, it is either related to something that's happening for you in your life and where or, or just who you are, what you're struggling with at that time in your life, or is about the relationship itself to mm-hmm. some extent. Or you know what I mean? Like there's so many reasons right. that, and it's it's just not true that you're just a bad person. Yeah. And so this whole this, that that's the main thing here is that is that you you know what's happened before is usually about something that you're working on is ideally you know Mm -hmm. and ideally you come to a place where you have new understandings and new enlightenment around things and you are take responsibility not just around other people but around yourself and wanting you know really like you know ideally to try to get your needs met you have to look at what you're doing are you getting your needs met (laughs) you know what i mean right um so, you know, let's take one uh, one more mm. very quick break. Do we have to? No, well, I guess we don't have to. Should we? I don't know. We, I guess we actually we only Sometimes have like seven. Skip, I think it's okay to skip the third one. Yeah, and we have another text, so we'll okay. just skip the, the last one. Okay. Last, uh, one more text. Actually, you have time for more texts. Uh, text line is 971-220-5979, especially now minutes. that we're not taking a break. Text, I was sexually abused as a child over 20 years ago. If I were able to track down and identify my abuser, can they still be charged with a crime or is it too late? 
it's a great question. I think a lot of people have that question. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, there's a statute of limitations which varies yes. across um, states. states. Is a state law? Yeah, there's it's a state issue. I I don't know of many where twenty years ago I think most likely not. Most likely you're not. It's too it's too late. Um, there are exceptions, and unfortunately, I just don't have them in front of me, so I don't yeah. want to quote law with until without them in front of me. But but you you can look we up. We can talk based about that when state. we talk about consent next week too. Mm-hmm. So you can look up you can look up based on state as to what those statute of li- statute of limitations is. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, unfortunately, because the uh, our country is not super supportive of uh, victims. <laughs> That's an understatement. So, as you might have noticed <laughs> in the national news um, lately, um, uh, so unfortunately, probably it is too late. And you know, honestly, even even had you um, moved on it at the time, you know, it's like again, our 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 mm-hmm. it's even unlikely. more difficult twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. You, it's like it's so <clears throat> there's so little support for victims, and I I mean it's so it's so wrong. It's so not okay. Right. But the um, but coming forward can be a mm-hmm. mo- a way for you to heal and for other for the that person to be accountable or to, to be forced to be accountable. And I think the more people that come forward, the more difficult it will be for women and and mm-hmm. and children of assault and you know adult ch- children of assault and and you know there's various um that's uh, right. victims to be silenced in this way that's right and in the meanwhile i mean in the meantime you can do uh you know sort of grassroots efforts um in advocacy for yourself mm-hmm. um to make sure that this person that this person is is um that it's clear Mm-hmm. That that's what this person did. So. I would recommend that because it's a really it's a it, it can be seriously it will it will be it is seriously difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and from experience, I would say you know I didn't um, try to prosecute um, my abuser from childhood, but I did you know ha- come out and talk about it mm-hmm. with my family, and it was a family member, so it was extremely difficult. And mm-hmm. I will say that I would recommend doing you know seeing someone who specializes in trauma recovery before mm-hmm. you do that. That's a good idea. Um, because it's really good to get very prepared and talk about what to expect and talk about what's going on for you before you bring that out into the world. Because unfortunately, mm-hmm. again, humans are vile, and um, mm-hmm. the stuff that comes back can be very disappointing and very re-traumatizing. I mean, it's re-traumatizing even if it's just about discussing it. Exactly. So yeah. I would have a lot of support in place and I would see someone who specializes in trauma recovery before you even approach that uh, mm-hmm. with other people. And I actually have a great uh, recommendation for someone in town who is an amazing, amazing therapist uh, working with people uh, around trauma and sex abuse. Will so you post that on the... Yeah, I'll post it on our site. We have she's to remember wonderful. To do that. We say that sometimes in the Yeah, movie. she's wonderful. I'll write that down on notes. So, so yes. Um, and so uh, if you want a referral, I'm, you know, we're going to, we can, we can make that clear too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So uh, there's still time. We have like, uh, I don't know, like three and a half minutes. You can text us at 971-220-5979. Um, and um, uh, all right. Let's, should we actually, let's just start go straight to takeaways shall we yeah um so the first thing we talked about 
uh, based on texts we got, were about fantasies. We were talking about coming out, National Coming Out Day, and and then people asked about fantasies. So um, the main thing, the takeaway was that our fantasies are not always indicative. Mostly of our people asked about reality. fantasies because Carrie revealed that she only watches female porn. Even though I only like D in real life. And that was, you know, it's something I, I, I'm, a, I, I run that club. Can I say that saying D is so gross? It's so gross, but I'm not allowed to it's say. So, what am I supposed to say on the radio? I this don't know, but I kind of want to. I want to find a new way to say that because it's there's something so like violent about it. Peen. Let's call it peen. Oh my! You know, Ruben <laughs> said that one time just to bother me, and it really almost made me vomit. I only like peen. I'm gonna think about that. Yeah, I mean it's not gonna be peen, and it's not, <laughs> and I'd really like it to not be D anymore because whenever you say it, it's like this hard D to your is like D, and oh, it's just it, I, it's yeah. kind of violent sounding. It's just it, or, they or, are violent. There's some, I know, but there's just something really puke worthy about it. For yeah, me. they are kind of puke worthy, well, and okay. also I love them. Okay, well, I it's yeah, it's a complicated, let's it's a complicated it. thing. Let's, start, let's think about how, about changing it. I suppose we could just say penis. I mean, we can just say penis because yeah, exactly, yeah. right. That kind of thing, and it re- yes, exactly. And but it, it is. But there's something. There's okay. The, now there's something also gross about you going. But I like penis. <laughs> I know. There's no way to talk I, about this. I, I don't really want you to say that either. So. Well, nothing I say I can say about it because the bottom line is everything about it. Period is just kind of gross. Like the whole thing is kind of gross. So well, you know, like when we had, when I had that conversation with Coda about how there's all these really kind of gross, like kind of violent words for vaginas too, and we were thinking of different ones, and then he goes. <laughs> It was like this kind of beat. We were driving along. I thought we were done with the conversation. And then all of a sudden he goes, gash. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's a really good example. Yeah, it's Like horrible. that sounds like a gaping wound. Yeah. It's so horrible. maybe that's the problem is that there just aren't like a lot of terms. No, there aren't. Especially that we could use on the radio and that's part of it. Right. Um, but yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, other things we said just in our last minutes, values is not restricted to money, right? Mm-mm. And also that we're not defined by the things we've done in our past. Um, so remember everybody uh, to send us emails at advice at xray.fm and we'll be next uh, back next week here uh, at, with casual sex. I mean, should we just, I don't know. Oh, actually, let's introduce uh, DJ Ed introduce. with Discovery. We talk about him all the time. They already know. Well, I don't know. But Have they DJ met him? DJ Ed is here. And DJ Ed is about to uh, I don't know if they've met him. blow your mind with his radio show Discovery, which is really With the cool, beautiful. cool sounds. <laughs> the, the cool, cool. It's not jazz. No. With the it, sweet, well, not necessarily, but this is the thing that the just sweet happened. The sounds. Is your, well, now we're he can't, like, he's not listening to us right now, and this is the best part about it. He's listening to something else, but here's the thing. It's the best part about it. We're basically like, we're like, Super, like he doesn't want us to represent him right now. <laughs> he has no idea though. He has no idea that he we've been talking about him up. for the last for the last like minute. <laughs> I don't think he should want us to represent him if that's how we do. Well, exactly. <laughs> With the smooth, smooth sounds. It's not. <laughs> I have no idea, but we we should ask him actually how we'd like to be introduced. He's DJ Ed. He doesn't care. He said, "Please go His for show it." Show us discovery. He He's loves DJ us. We love he him. loves us. That's because well. we're because we're all the best. Yeah. All right. All right. And Emily, thank you, Emily. Yeah, thank our, you. Our new, our, our former board operator, current yes. producer. Yes. The lovely Emily. Exactly. So thanks, everyone. We're out of here. Yep. Bye.
a ballroom blitz I took his arm and kissed his lips He looked at me with such a smile My face turned red We booked a room into the Ritz Ooh, 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 ooh He gives me head, head Jet boy, jet girl Gonna take you around the world 